0: we take a closer look at the problem that those pantries are working to solve. More than half a million people in Cook County live in households that don't have reliable access to food every day. That's according to a recent report by Feeding America. Kate Mayer is the executive director and CEO of the Greater Chicago Food Depository. Her organization acts as a hub for more than 700 food pantries, soup kitchens, shelters, and other programs. Hi, Kate. Welcome back to Reset. Thank you so much for having me. What are the main factors that are contributing to the high rates of hunger that we're seeing right now?
1: Uh, Well, you know, for 22 months, uh, we have seen uh, so many people who've been thrust into a set of circumstances that have caused all of a sudden uncertainty in their household income. And so... Of course, you know, and and we've talked about this before, even before the pandemic, we had hundreds of thousands of people here in Cook County who were struggling to make enough money to be able to buy the food that they needed for their household. When the pandemic happened, that pushed people deeper in need and also brought new people in need. And now the recovery is uneven. Mm -hmm. And so the combination of... Um, waves of the virus creating turmoil uh, in the economics and in the job recovery is, is part of it, but also, frankly, inflation is part of it. People are struggling to keep up with the costs of food, but also other basic necessities.
0: So what does that look like for food banks like you?
1: Well, right now what it looks like, and this is, I think, particularly sobering on a day when it is snowy and it has been so cold, what it looks like are longer lines at food pantries all across the community. Earlier this week, I had a group of colleagues who were out at a distribution on the west side of the city. 300 cars stopped by to get food.
0: Shocking. So on the national level, food insecurity has come down from its peak during the pandemic, but it is still higher than what it was before the pandemic began. So can you remind us what that increased need has looked like uh, and who's been the most affected?
1: Sure. So that's and that mirrors what we see here in Chicago. Certainly, we have come down from the height of the early days of the pandemic, where we had seen almost a doubling in the number of people who were turning to food pantries and soup kitchens across the community. And while we are still running higher than we were uh pre-pandemic, it has come down. But I think what is really of concern is that it has not come down equally for all people. So right now we have data that is coming to us. There is a team of economists at Northwestern who are regularly looking at the U.S. Census Pulse data that's coming out. And what they see is that about 13% of households overall in our community are food insecure. When you look at households with children, that actually goes up to 17%. But when you start looking specifically at households that are either Black households or Latinx households, then you actually see much deeper food insecurity. Mm. 26% for African American households with children.
0: Why has hunger among ch- children gone up so dramatically, and what what is being done to address that specifically?
1: Well. That's a great question, and it's complicated. Um, you know, part of it is that for so many families, those school-based nutrition programs, the school breakfast program, the school lunch program, those were when when school went remote, those programs went away. As school came back, of course, those programs came back online. But we've had in a lot of different communities there's been um, – there's been turmoil, right? Schools have been open. Schools have not been open. That impacts those programs. We did see great, a great hopeful thing happening with the child tax credit that gave a lot of relief to families, mm-hmm. but unfortunately that stopped at the end of December, and I am really worried right now about the implications for families with children in the months ahead.
0: I imagine um, distribution Has gone way up to to meet current needs how has the depository been keeping up with that demand
1: well it has and that's you know thankfully we have volunteers who are still willing to come in not only to the food depository but frankly to, to the network of providers across the community and I will just give a shout out I think there is an amazing story to be told and I know it's easy to feel cynical about the world But we are privileged to partner with 700 different community organizations who are providing food to our neighbors every day. And they are still standing strong. They are exhausted. But they are still there feeding their neighbors and getting the job done. So we're fortunate we have volunteers coming in. We are having to purchase a lot of food. this year we're going to spend millions of dollars on purchasing food and of course inflation also impacts our ability to source food for this network
0: this week we're also experiencing a stretch of really cold weather and uh, low temperatures what are the trade-offs that food insecure families might have to to make during this season
1: well that's exactly why i have a knot in my stomach right now because we know that when we see cold temperatures um obviously all of us we do this in our own homes we turn up the thermostat and unfortunately what that means is that three weeks from now six weeks from now people are going to get bills that are higher both because of uh the cold weather but also because of inflation and that's going to mean even more trade-offs Families protect their housing, they make sure that they pay their utilities, but what that means when they get to the end of the month is that they may not have enough money to go and buy groceries. And they're having to turn to this amazing but exhausted volunteer network of food pantries to get their groceries.
0: You're listening to the Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and that's Kate Mayer. She's Executive Director and CEO of the Greater Chicago Food Depository. And we're checking in with her on uh, how the food bank is doing right now as a high rates of hunger in our area are just exasperated. And and we're talking about what the organization is doing to meet the current needs. In five minutes, we're going to discuss the Chicago Bears. They've got a new head coach, and we'll tell you everything that you need to know about Matt Eberflus. Kate, as you talked about, the Depository works with a network of more than 700 hunger relief partners. Can you talk more about how you're working together To solve these challenges? Absolutely. So, part of the opportunity
1: that we took in the pandemic was to really look at where we were seeing some deep disparities. And it was something that we knew, but I think the pandemic put an exclamation point on the fact that there were certain communities, certain zip codes, many of them on the west side of the city, the south side of the city, and in the far south suburbs that were experiencing all of the impacts of COVID infection rates, mortality rates, but also food insecurity and deep poverty at a much higher level than other parts of the community. And so we launched an an effort focused on 40 priority communities to really lean in and support those communities in bringing forward solutions, not only to making sure that there was food available today in the moment when a family is in crisis, but also linking those programs to other key initiatives to help people lift themselves out of a cycle of need. So workforce development, violence interruption, intervention, some health programs, really thinking holistically about how do we not just respond to the crisis in the moment, but how do we build our way back better. No one should have to stand in line. To get food at a food pantry, as amazing as the work that our partners does, it is not the end that we are striving towards.
0: I'm going to bring it back to something you mentioned earlier. Food insecurity continues to affect communities of color uh, here on the south and west sides disproportionately. And your organization is making direct investments in those areas. Can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, you know, it has been um, sobering but also really exciting work. And what we have done is really um, sat down with leaders in the communities that we have identified as having the highest need and we have listened to and learned from them. Uh, One of the programs I'll lift up on uh, the south side of Chicago and West Englewood, is the Inner City Muslim Action Network. Um, They have been for years working with their neighbors, bringing forward solutions, but in the last year have opened a food pantry and are getting ready to open a grocery store. They have a bold vision of what it looks like to be a vital community that thinks about the health and wellness of all of their neighbors. And so we are working with them to make sure that food is available again today But also thinking about what
0: it looks like in the future. And at the Depository, you've also needed to adapt your training programs to uh, address worker shortages, haven't you?
1: We have. We have traditionally had workforce development focused on the hospitality and culinary worlds, but in the pandemic, we also saw a tremendous need for. Warehouse transportation, um, logistics experts, and we do a lot of that here, and so we advanced a plan to launch workforce development for those areas as well, and that has been a bright spot. We have seen people coming into the training opportunity, a number of whom have been justice-involved, and we've watched as they have gotten their training and gone out and gotten jobs and are thriving, which is an incredible accomplishment, and we are so proud of those individuals and inspired by the work.
0: Well, before I let you go, Kate, tell us what other ways folks who are listening right now can help.
1: You know, I think a a couple of things. First of all, if you have a food pantry in your community, volunteer. They need volunteers, and you can go to the Food Depository website and see um, our great network of partners. The other thing I would say is just to continue to talk to our elected officials the strongest response that can be mounted is for Congress to take action and to make sure that we have a strong safety net in place. And unfortunately, we have backed away from some of those investments, and we see the implications of that in the lines of food pantries across our community.
0: That's Kate Mayer with the Greater Chicago Food Depository. Thank you for your time, Kate. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast. WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.